0: Let's face it, friends, we live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video Smart Lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get... E U F Y. Welcome to the Bonyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of the Yard. Hope that you are able to celebrate Maroon Friday as you wish today. I'm actually rocking the uh, the gray M Miss State football sweatshirt today. It is definitely sweatshirt weather. Hope that you guys are warm wherever you are, and hope you're wearing maroon. Isn't it wonderful? to live in a country that we can celebrate Maroon Friday as we wish. And I hope that you're repping the brand. You know, I, I for one, am very grateful to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. I am very grateful to be a Mississippi State parent. I'm grateful to have been born into a Mississippi State family, the son of a Mississippi State alum. Those things are all very important to me. I am a Mississippi State guy. I am for Mississippi State and for everybody else who is for Mississippi State. The chances of all of us meeting up in a bar and having a drink and having a good time together are pretty slim. With different walks of life and different uh you know, outlooks and political philosophies and religious backgrounds and that sort of stuff that, you know, the maroon ties are the ones that bind. One thing we can all agree on is we want Mississippi State to do well. So my hope is that out there today that you are proudly wearing your school colors and demonstrating to the world that, you know what, through Thick or Thin, I am a Mississippi State Bulldog. Even when things haven't gone the way that I hoped that they would go, I am still proud to be part of a maroon heritage. I hope that you feel the same way, and I hope that you are absolutely wearing those colors today. Mississippi State needs all the fans that it can get. That's one of the things that, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of people being invested in Mississippi State, being part of the Bulldog Club, being season season ticket holders, and some people that's not possible, and I understand that. For some people that live far away and and, uh, for others perhaps that aren't even, you know, alums of the university, they're, they're friends of the program, you know, we want those fans too. We want every fan we can get that cares about Mississippi State. No matter their background, no matter their education level, no matter their income, we want every fan we can get. We want all people to feel a sense of belonging when it comes to Mississippi State. We want all Bulldog fans to feel like they are part of something bigger than themselves, even in times like these, even when football is not going quite the way we'd hoped. So, I'm Warren Maroon. and I hope you are, and I hope you do it every Friday. I must confess some Fridays that I don't. Some Fridays I forget during the off-season, and I don't wear it. My run. I want to remind you, too, our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, they're happy to serve you. The great restaurant-quality hamburger, now two locations to serve you, in Starkville and now in Tupelo. Getting rave reviews from my friends in Tupelo that have said, you know what, Steve, we're so happy to have a Bulldog Burger Company of our own. Bulldog Burger Company was always a game-day destination for them. Now they can go anytime they want to, right there in Tupelo. Great location, great people, great food, a great restaurant quality hamburger. You can have a great family experience at Bulldog Burger Company. And perhaps you want to just have a night out on the town. Maybe it's a mom and dad night. You go and have an adult beverage. Just have a good time. Great atmosphere. Don't always have to have the hamburger. You know, you know, can. There's a lot of different options on that menu, but it is primarily a burger joint. My current favorite is DeLorean. You need to go find your own favorites and have those spring rolls. They will make you better looking. We all need more of that. We all appreciate more of that. Bulldog Burger Company, a place commuted, committed to your community in both now Starkville and Tupelo, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So uh, let's get into this thing. Let's unpack. It's going to be a, it's a must-win ball game. I mean, we, we, it is what it is. We have had an a awful month of October. We knew that October was going to be difficult. It proved to be more difficult than any of us and anticipated early in the season. So now here we are in the month of November I would be remiss if I did remind you that uh, November 1st is a day that holds a special recognition in our program's history. That's a day in 1980 we beat Alabama 6-3 biggest win in school history Alabama I believe won 27 consecutive games in an national championship we upset the apple card. John Bond did a great job Johnny Cooks, all those guys you've seen those uh, highlights many times Days like today, it's always nice to pay homage to those Bulldogs that came before us and didn't always have it quite as good. You know, one thing, I want to mention some things about that, too. About, and I've done some calculating here, done some research, reached out to a couple people, too. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the state of Mississippi State football before we get into the Arkansas game. Is that okay with you guys? Well, I hope so, because that's what I'm going to do. So... One of the things that uh, I think it's important that, our, that our, our fans understand is that the administration at Mississippi State is incredibly committed to athletics. You have a former junior college football player as the president, Dr. Mark Keenum. You've got a former Mississippi State baseball player and coach, and John Cohen is your athletic director. These guys are absolutely not asleep at the Bulldog Wheel. They're not just going to collect a check and just go look cute in their maroon blazers on the sidelines at at sporting events. That's not what we do. Dr. Keenum understands that the revenue produced from football is extremely important. He also understands that a big part of our branding is our athletic programs. When we are competitive on the field to play, we become the cool school. Under John Cohen's leadership last year, we had 13 teams Go to the postseason for the first time in school history the most successful year top to bottom in our athletics department history in school history so if you if if you think for a second that those guys are thinking yeah you know it'll all be okay that's not anybody's attitude that's not how anybody feels. We are committed to athletics at Mississippi state over the course of the last decade Mississippi State has spent close to two hundred and fifty million dollars for football. Close to two hundred and fifty million dollars on football alone. We've expanded the stadium, put in video boards, changed the game day atmosphere at Mississippi State, built a thirty million dollar football complex we are committed to football. Now, we are a baseball school, but we are committed to football, just as we're committed to baseball, probably more so. But when our folks, some of our folks think, well, you know, we're not keeping up with the Joneses or we're not being smart with our money or whatever, that is a staggering number. We probably didn't spend $250 million in the history of our program uh, prior to the last decade. Uh, there were many times in my lifetime that you know we, we pitched pinched pennies when it came to, to football. I, I remember hearing a story when Rocky Falker was our coach about Rocky Falker cutting up film, watching an opponent film in a double wide trailer that had been donated to Mississippi State from Hamilton High School over in Alabama that's what our coaches were working with trying to take down the alabamas and tennessees and auburns of the world where they're building cathedrals to celebrate their own football successes our coach one of our favorite sons is in a second-hand double-wide trailer trying to watch film and try to find a way to beat alabama and you may not remember this but that's that wasn't too long ago that wasn't too long ago at all and now you look at what Davis Wade Stadium is and what Mississippi State is, and let's not, let's not forget the fact when Dan Mullen walked away from Mississippi State, and again, I'm an incredibly appreciative to Dan Mullen for all that he did for Mississippi State and changing our culture and teaching us that we deserved to win and we could win. He took all those same ideals that Jackie Sherrill instilled in us and to another level. He didn't make it to Atlanta, but you know my point is that we, he made us a consistent winner. When Dan Mullen walked away... Florida he was the 10th highest paid coach in America that's Mississippi State Mississippi State paying a coach a top 10 salary we have upgraded our staff to the point now that I I believe there are 50 plus staffers now on our football staff you know I know some of the old Bulldogs they hear that kind of stuff and, and they just kind of snicker uh, you know, there, there wasn't 50 people on the sidelines counting some of the fans and uh, and the trainers. You know, during their practice sessions, it's a different day. Mississippi State's doing their best to keep up with the just doing their, their best uh, to kind of make some big things happen. And so when I when I hear and see these things from people, and and I use the phrase uninformed. Because I don't, I don't know where a lot of the false narratives come from, but I just know they keep coming. And there are a lot of people that'll say, "Well, you know, Mississippi State's been cheap, and they've done this and done that," and uh, but that's not the truth. We have stepped up our game in a way that has been unprecedented in our history. And so we look at the situation now. Our Bulldogs have grown accustomed to winning. Our fans have grown accustomed to winning. And now, when the fear of Losing, or the fear of not going to bowl games or the fear of going backwards to once we once were, there becomes this level of angst. There becomes some very severe emotional reaction to every bit of that. I understand it. I appreciate it. I know that it comes from a good place because we all want Mississippi State to win. We just express it differently. There are some people that are like, you know what, I'm going to hope for the best. I know that you know, me getting out on social media and, and rattling sabers with people doesn't change anything. And there are other people that we have the same discussion every day. It doesn't matter what the discussion is. I mean, somebody could bring up a, a discussion about the baseball team, and we find, then some people will find a way to work him back around Joe Moorhead and football. We can't even talk about baseball. You know, I made a comment on one of the Facebook groups earlier today that, you know, that some people had made some comments about uh, somebody referenced some blogger article about uh, how John Cohen's hires had not done well and that uh, we were going backwards in soccer and, and volleyball. And uh, what's funny about that is that uh, that's not rooted in fact, but if it goes unchallenged, people begin to accept that as fact because they won't do their own research. They think, oh, was that really the case? Are we really that bad in soccer? Well, let me tell you, last night Coach Armstrong and the ladies went to Missouri, won a ball game 4-2, to two, which clinched their berth in the SEC tournament and it has not been a tournament for very long. We have not been in an SEC postseason game since two thousand and four. We have never qualified for the full-fledged SEC tournament until now. But according to some, we haven't made any progress on the soccer front. <laughs> Last year, you know, before Coach Agonos left, we had uh, we went, we hosted an NCAA tournament game for the first time. And then due to some family issues, he left us. He wasn't upset with Mississippi State. He wasn't upset with John Cohen. He wasn't upset with, you know, our great restaurants around here. He wasn't upset with his ability to recruit or whatever. He just he simply had some other things he had to attend to. We wish him the absolute best. We go out and hire another coach, and in his first year at Mississippi State, he has done something that we've never done. But yet we have some of these, quote, Dr. Evil quotes, insiders, and these uh, misinformed folks that you know they apparently hate the team they claim to love will go out there and say, "Well, you know, we need, we need to fire John Cohen because the soccer program's not doing anything." But then you find in, out they're winning their challenge, and you say, "Well, guys, the soccer program just qualified for an SEC tournament. They they run and hide." And then you say, "Well, you know, well, well, the the volleyball team's not doing any better." What's interesting about that is, is in Coach Darty's first year. The ladies went 5-26. and 26. They're currently 12-10 and 10 and turning in the right direction. Not to mention, you go out and got Callie Minshew, who is one of the most decorated volleyball players in the history of Mississippi. That's Gardner Minshew's sister, by the way, who has come in and has started most games and has, has really been part of a turnaround for Mississippi State Athletics. And so if you want to be critical of Joe Moorhead and you want to say, you know what, John, that was a bad hire, then, you know, go right ahead and say that. You know, that's your opinion. You know, the jury is still out on what's going to happen this season and with the Joe Moorhead era. But let's not make a bad situation worse than it is with a false narrative. Let's not come out of here and say, well, you know what? You know, not only is the football team not doing well, there's not enough ice in the drinks. Uh, the soccer team sucks, and volleyball's not doing what it's supposed to do. And and what's interesting to me is, I'm I'm sure many of the people that were critical of all that have never attended a Mississippi State volleyball game or soccer game in their lives. But because some blogger makes a comment about it, and not not to mention, uh, as I've said many times, it's best to judge seasons when they're over, not in the middle of them, because in hindsight, those comments look to be really really silly. When you go out there and you say that the the soccer hire is not, you know, uh, reaping any dividends and then they go do something we've never done before, then you come off the hot takes look a little chilly, a little chilly. So another interesting comment uh, I was thinking about, too, is, um, you know, about Joe. You know, and, and we can sit here and we can talk about all the things that have taken place this year. We can talk about injuries. We can talk about the Tudor gate stuff. And, we, and really, we've talked about all that to a blue in the face. You know, I had heard Terrell Buckley speak last night. We, we were both speaking at the Starville Quarterback Club. He spoke before I did, and I listened with great interest. T. Buck and I are both from Columbia, Mississippi. I don't know that he claims us, but we certainly still claim him, even though he transferred to Pascagoula and probably cost us a couple state championships at Columbia High. We'd love to have had him as a player. But one of the things that, you know, that that T-Buck mentioned last night is that, you know, you know, you begin the beginning of the year and you think, okay, I've got five or six corners i got to work with and we'll go out here and figure some things out. And then you get there last weekend and, you know, Maurice Smitherman is out for the year and then Cameron Dansler uh, has an upper body injury and was a late scratch and didn't play, and then you're you're starting two two true freshmen on the road against the best wide receiver group you've seen this year. And as he said, nobody walked over to him and put his arm around him and said, "Hey, T-Buck, it's going to be okay, baby." They said, "No, you got to find a way to go defend these guys. You better go find a way to stop the pass." Nobody's feeling sorry for Mississippi State football. Nobody's feeling sorry for Joe Moorhead. They understand the game. They understand the job. It'd be easy for T-Buck to say, well, you know, we lost all those guys last year and then we have our two starters come back and then they're they're hurt and we're having to play with true freshmen. But I didn't hear him offer any excuses. And maybe it's because of the fact he played in the NFL for 14 years. And he understands what it takes. He understands this whole next man mentality. And listen, we've got some young guys, Martin Emerson, Jerry, and Jones, we feel really good about I think those guys are going to be stars for us. Tyler Williams played last weekend. It's his first, It was his first game back after being out for a while. But the bottom line is we lost the ball game. But we can get involved in all that. And I think, you know, it's easy to be a little short-sighted and say, well, the bottom line is if you look at the record, the record is what the record is. That's the reality of it. That you're 3-5. and five. You're a 3-5 team. You can talk about two gate 10. You can talk about injuries, but you're three and five. Uh, Tommy Stevens comes in, does a great job for six quarters, gets injured, hadn't been the same since. The one thing I think we can all agree on is that Gardner Minshew uh, probably would have been a great fit for this offense, probably wouldn't have done a great job for us, wasn't the best fit. Tommy Stevens, probably not the best fit for the Dan Mullen scheme either. There's a discussion about Gardner Minshew on our message board today about, you know, why didn't we recruit him? Well, he couldn't handle the running component. He's a smaller guy. Fits what we want to do now. That's one of things that I think about is, you know, we don't always produced, produce those type of quarterbacks in our recruiting footprint that fit what we want to do offensively now. And so you've got to work a little bit harder on the recruiting trail. So you go out and you get a guy like Garrett Schrader. He's a little bit different. And I think that's the one thing we can all agree on is that he's going to be a star. He's beginning to do some great things. I thought last week was the first time he really looked like a freshman. He's played well beyond his years. He's been poised. He's done a great job. But last week they got to him a little bit. And you know, one of the things that I would hope that we would do to maybe give you know, our offense a little more of a chance this week is maybe let's fair catch the kickoff. Because it seems like we always we catch it inside the five and we return to the 15 or the 20. And right out of the gate, we're already behind where we should be. We've already given up five to ten yards. And then we run something off tackle or we get, you know, the next thing you know we're, we're behind the chains. And then we're, we get a three and out on that first drive because we have not had a great – I don't think we've scored on our first drive since the Southern Miss game. You know that that's it's incredible how impactful that first score is when you, especially when you look at how things have rolled out for the Bulldogs this year. In every game that we have led or been tied after the first quarter, we've won. We hadn't scored a whole lot as of late in the first quarter, but let's give ourselves a little more of a chance here. Maybe we fair catch a thing, take it to twenty-five, and you know, and even if you don't score that first drive. Maybe you get a first down and then you're punting from out there around your own 40 and you can pin somebody back deep inside their own 20. And then perhaps you get a three and out and you get the ball in plus field position. If you look at what happened last week, that's kind of what A&M did to Mississippi State. You go back and look at that first quarter. They win the toss and defer. So right out of the gate, they're playing field position, which is one of the things that I think we've got to do early in this ballgame with Arkansas. We've got to play field position until we can get an early lead. We can't go out there and just think, okay, we're going to put together a 95-yard drive and just stick it. you know. Uh, So we go three and out. Tucker Day gets a nice 50-yard punt. So we have them. uh, They return at 10 yards, too. So right there on 32. Well, then they have the one little swing pass out to Isaiah Spiller. They got him out around midfield. That was really the only positive play on the drive. Then they punt, and uh, we're backed up inside our 10. They're playing field position here. What do we do? We go out there and get behind the chains. We did have that one long run from Schrader that got called back on a holding call. And the next thing you know, we're, we're punting from inside our, our 10. And then they set up a drive at the 49. They go right in and score. We get the ball back, throw that interception that should have been ruled an incompletion, or pardon me, should have ruled a completion, and then down. That's the one where the guy went over the top of, uh, of Zuber. They get the ball at the 45, and then they go right on down and score. What's well, 14 nothing before anybody's gotten comfortable? They've had two short drives because they were able to play some field position there and, uh, and, and shut us down a little bit. In a game like this, where the emotional psyche of both Mississippi State and the opponent is so fragile, an early score could make a big difference in the game. We have got to find a way to get out of the gate. That has been the detriment of our, of our season, is we get behind and we have to play from behind. And as limited as we have had to be on offense at times under Garrett Schrader, We have struggled to play from behind. You go back to that Kansas State game, we stuck to the offense. We had a lead and defense couldn't hold it. Tennessee game, the defense plays well. We can't put together anything offensively until late, and then they get a score that puts us away. You go out there and play with a little juice against LSU, but you just couldn't quite get there offensively. We've got to find a way to get out of starting blocks. We have to. There's no other way around it. When I began to look at this ballgame, and I think, okay, on paper, Mississippi State is the better team. We're 3-5. and five, They're 2-6. and six. They're playing at home. We've been a bad road team. So it's really a toss-up, and I know Vegas has given us a little bit of a touchdown. I expect a much closer ballgame. I think State's going to win the ballgame, and I know that's probably not a huge surprise. I don't know that State covers. I'm thinking maybe 27-24, 27-21, something like that. I think they'll score a little bit, but their quarterback situation is so unsettled. Their quarterback situation, uh, you've had two grad transfers come in. Nick Starkle looked awful last week against Alabama. And listen, that's not let's not judge him too harshly on the Alabama thing, but he has been turnover Braun, ten interceptions this year. I think that's right. Hicks has been is a statue back there, cannot handle a pass rush. He's practiced this week chance he goes some. A lot of discussion about K.J. Jefferson running some packages. And Listen, if I'm Chad Morris and I see the success of Kellen Mond and, and uh, A&M had with some of the quarterback runs in the option game, hey, I'm going to run some of those same concepts. I'm going to make them defend it. It's just a little bit different dynamic, I think, with this quarterback situation at Arkansas because you go out and you get two grad transfers and you're not any better at quarterback. I think at Fenton they're probably worse than they were last year with Ty Story. There's a lot of pressure on those guys too at Arkansas. I think everybody up in Fayette will probably feel like they're coaching and playing for their jobs. They're facing another 0 8 SEC season right in the face. Excited to see what happens this weekend, to say the least. I think defensively having Willie Gay back on the field is a tremendous benefit with a guy like Rakeem Boyd out there. We need eh, Willie Gay's an NFL quality linebacker. You put Willie out there, Willie can go make plays for you. I think he makes you a better team. There's a reason he was a starter in the first place. Having him back makes a difference. And again, I think it's an all-hands-on-deck thing. With I don't think Leo Autry's going to play. And the reason I say that is because, you know, he's already played in three games, only has the one regular season game remaining. And I expect all hands to be on deck for all Miss. People continue to ask about this Southern Miss thing with Autry. I'm going to try to explain it one more time. And then I'm going to move on with life. Because it'll be behind us after this week. Because I don't, th- I don't think any of the Tudor Gate 10s are going to play against Abilene Christian. You don't need them. And they'll all play against Ole Miss. And then everybody's suspensions will have been served. Then we can move on. That'll be behind us. Hopefully, it doesn't cost us a season. But the situation with Lee Autry, whether you want to believe it or not, these are the facts. Mississippi State had three interior offensive linemen injured against Louisiana Lafayette. You may recall that. Darrell Williams, Darian Parker, Evans Wilkerson. All three of those guys got injured against Louisiana Lafayette. They were not expected to go against other Miss. James Jackson made the move over from defensive line to offensive line. So Lee Autry was activated. The program made a request of the NCAA because the list of those games, it's not a week-to-week thing. You submit a list prior to the season, and we learned that a couple weeks ago. You submit a list prior to the season. These are the games the guys are going to miss. These are the ones they're going to play in. But because of a student welfare issue due to the injuries on the offensive line and the fact that you had to move another guy over, they asked to have an exemption made to allow Lee Altry to play. Those are the facts of the situation. Whether you agree with it or not, that is why the decision was made. I have addressed it on the show more than once, and sometimes on social media or message boards and stuff and our Facebook groups, people for some reason aren't able to comprehend that. But that is why. So when he won't play this weekend, there's going to be a million questions. Well, Steve, why didn't he play against Arkansas? Well, maybe you guys can help me out, and you can go ahead and say, well, here's what Steve said. Because that's the truth. That's not me guessing. That's not me speculating. That's not me offering an, an educated reasoning for you. That's what happened. Now, whether you agree with it or not, it's not my concern. But that is why Lee Autry played against other Miss. And to be quite honest with you, we need all hands on deck this weekend against Arkansas, not because Arkansas is that great of an opponent, but it's because we got to go win the ball game. we got to win the game. But it's all behind us now. Once we get through this week... And get on to Alabama and Abilene Christian, you know, because they're not going to play against Alabama. They're not going to play against Abilene Christian. And then all of the Tudor Gate 10 will have had their eight game suspension. It'll all be behind us, finally. We won't have to talk about it anymore, hopefully. And we'll put it all behind us. But it all boils down to this weekend. It all boils down to state winning three of the last four. And in order to win three of the last four, you got to win this one. This is the last road game of the regular season. It is against a team that is really struggling. It is a team that struggles to put any offense on the field. Hadn't always been that way. Nick Starkle was outstanding against Colorado State. They played pretty well against AM. Able to run the ball a little bit. they got some young receivers that have been able to make some plays. They've got a veteran offensive line that has been banged up now. There were three guys who were expected to be senior starters this year. One has actually left the team and is retired from football. You got one guy that's going to be a game-time decision, another guy that's out. You know they've got some issues too. But this game is not going to be about Arkansas. It's not going to be about how mad they are about Mississippi State going for it on fourth and thirteen in the fourth and letting Kyle, uh, Keaton Thompson throw a touchdown. That's not what that. That's not going to matter. That all sounds good in the paper. And it's one of those things, too, there are a lot of people that get mad and they kind of give you a hard look, but you know that's all they can give you. You know, Arkansas does not have the firepower to go out there and beat SEC teams without somebody helping them. Mississippi State has not played clean all year. And as I said on Monday's show, that's kind of who we are. We're a team that gets loose and fast with the football. If we can find a way to limit that this weekend, we're going to win the ball game. I think we can win handily. I don't think it's going to be a 52-6 type ball game because I don't know that we're offensively near what we were last year, and that's a shame. But I am 100% confident that you are going to see some new wrinkles this weekend for Mississippi State offensively, 100%. I think you're going to see some things you hadn't seen in the last month or so. I think you're going to see the Mississippi State offense go out there with a real sense of urgency in the ball game to get an early lead. And I fully believe if State can win the first quarter, that Colin Hill will carry the team to victory. Arkansas very, very bad against the run, 93rd in the country. State hadn't set the woods on fire either, but they we're better than they are against the run. Collin Hill can make plays against the edges at Arkansas defense. Hey, they got some guys on the interior pretty good. They really do. Got a good Mike linebacker. Got a couple of good guys on the interior. I think you got to go out there and work the edges. I don't think there's a defensive back on the Arkansas roster that wants to see Kyler Hill one on one. They all know Hill to go over the top. They know that he can go through them. I think Kyler Hill's going to have a big game, assuming everybody stays healthy, and assuming we go out there and don't uh, help them in the ball game. I think we'll win the ball game, and I think that'll quieten things down around. Probably to the week of Thanksgiving. I think we all expect to lose to Alabama. I mean, we're going to go play the game. You never know what could happen. But I think we can all. I think it's safe to say, from a talent standpoint, Alabama is considerably ahead of us right now. We'll be considerably ahead of Abilene Christian. That'll set up a five and six matchup against Ole Miss. And I expect Ole Miss to come into that ball game with their fate already determined another losing season. That'll be their Super Bowl. They'll come out there with nothing to lose and, you know, everything to play for and go out there and just, you know, throw caution to the wind. Desperate teams do dumb things because they're desperate. They fake punts and field goals and, you know, they run trick plays and that kind of stuff because they don't have anything to lose. There will be some of that. But as for this week, I expect Mississippi State... Offensively, to show some things that they haven't shown uh, in, in a while, you know, we saw last weekend where they they kind of simplified Garrett Schrader's reads a little bit in that second half, and the offense, you know, showed some continuity. Now, granted, the game had already been decided, so I don't know that A&M was playing with the same level of intensity, but I think offensively the the team gained a little confidence in that ball game, and so uh, I think there'll be some things tomorrow. And I feel pretty good about that. You're you're going to see some things. I I I like what I'm hearing. And one of the things that, uh, that when you know, when things are a little bit tight, you know, part of the jobs as a coach is you've got to find a way to kind of loosen a team up. And uh, Terrell Buckley shared last night at the quarterback club that uh, they even had some one-on-ones with the coaches this week. Chris Marv and Terry Richardson got out there one one-on-one. Uh when when you're under the gun a little bit and you're under the, some pressure and you kinda of begin to feel that uh you know, feel like you know what, the season's coming down on you. Sometimes you you need to be reminded why you play the game, why that you have some fun playing the game. And you know, Jim Moore had, had that exercise we had the players write a letter down about their why, about why they play football. And I expect State to come out and play better this week. Some of that's gonna be because of the quality of the opponent we're playing. But this is a big game, not just, not just for this weekend, but for the confidence building for the rest of the season. We're in the final month of the season, and the good thing is, is that State gets three home games after this one. This is the final regular season road game. You win this one, you've got two winnable ones at home. You kind of sets up and say, you know what, we can still go salvage something out of what has been a very disappointing season. Good, bad, or indifferent, the Tudor Gate 10 stuff the injuries to Tommy Stevens, the injuries to Maurice Smitherman, the injuries you know, throughout the roster, to still be in a position to get to the postseason is a big thing. It's not what we expected to be. We didn't expect to be here in November sweating this thing out. By now we kind of expected to be pretty close to bowl eligibility, probably expecting this to be our sixth win, and then you knock out Abilene Christian at Ole Miss and making an 8-4 a year. But that's not where we are. That's where we wanted to be, that's where we expected to be, it's not where we are. I want to remind you too, our good friends at Campus Bookmark, they're here to serve you. They have signed copies of Flim Flam and Stark Villains and you can order that online directly from them. Stan Raymus, Kathy Brown, the whole crew there, the lovely talented Susie, they will treat you like family because you are family. It's as simple as that. Many of you bought your textbooks from Campus Bookmark when you were students here and used their free parking behind the building and walked to class every day. They care about Mississippi State. They care about Mississippi State students. By being a loyal Boneyard listener, they'll give you a phrase that pays to allow you to save a little cash. That phrase is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's CampusBookmark.net promo code BSR. So let's take a quick look around the league here. It is a pretty much a limited schedule. We just got a couple of, of out of conference games, Texas San Antonio at A and M. A and M is feeling good about life again. You know that'll be a ball game. I think A and M wins pretty handily. I think they're still kind of facing a seven five season. They still got some difficult games ahead, but uh, they feel better after a win last week. Uh, the Georgia Florida game. I'm actually going to pick Florida in that ball game. and that's the cocktail party, you know, in Jacksonville and. Everybody gets together, and it's such a big heyday. But uh, Georgia has had trouble scoring as of late. I expect Todd Grantham to have some things cooked up for Georgia. You know, a couple years ago in 2017, we took a really good defensive team with Georgia, and Todd Grantham got exposed in that ball game. You and I both know he has been waiting for another opportunity to go get those guys to Georgia. I expect Grantham to have them ready. They've done a good job defensively in Florida this year. They've got the defensive backs that can kind of hold up, allow them to bring a little more pressure. Jake Fromm has not had the year we expect him to have. And so I'm taking Florida in a close one. I think it'll be a great game. I don't think it'll be an offensive masterpiece by any stretch, but I expect Florida to win the ball game, thus giving Florida and Dan Mullen the inside track to get to Atlanta, where he'll likely play Alabama again. And likely get beat again, but uh, I know that'll be a better pill for many Mississippi State folks to swallow. But I I expect Florida to get there this year. I don't I don't even think it's a great Florida team. I think they've kind of benefited from the fact that the East isn't quite as good as many people expected it to be. But I think Dan's going to find a way to win. And that's always been the thing about Mullen people. So we well, can't win the big one. I think th- I think this weekend Grantham helps him. I think I think. Mullen found his uh, partner in crime with Todd Grantham. Going to be a good ball game. Ole Miss is at Auburn. The line on this game continues to kind of grow for Auburn. Auburn didn't play exceptionally well offensively last week, but I thought defensively they were outstanding. LSU and that crowd simply made the plays to win the game. I, Ole Miss is very one-dimensional on offense. Even though they're coming off a bye week, I know John Rice uh It was reported that he had a uh, little bit of a cleanup procedure during the bye week to uh, to take care of some things with the knee. Uh, that's difficult to deal with, you know. Especially if he's a running quarterback, just don't know what his availability is going to be. Auburn defensively is legit. They are absolutely legit. We knew that front seven was going to be great. They're beginning to make some plays in the secondary. I think this Ole Miss team is going to really, really struggle to score points. They'll run the football at times, but uh, Derrick, Brown, Derrick Brown's the kind of guy that can change your season if you're an opposing player. And I know Ole Miss is pretty beat up on the offensive line and on offense. This is not the team you want to go play. If you're a team that's kind of beat up because Auburn is so physical at the line of scrimmage. Uh, UAB at Tennessee. You know that that game had a lot more luster here a couple of weeks ago. I, I think Tennessee's playing well enough to go get that win. And uh, it's it's incredible how their season has turned. You know, it's all because of, uh, you know that that what ninety three yard drive or ninety one yard drive against Mississippi State. It's a thirteen ten ball game. We get off the field there. We get a three and out. We got to, we're going to win the game. And they didn't. They they did not let us have the game. They found a way to go score. And they've been playing better ever since. Played well enough for a while to make Alabama nervous. And, of course, Tua gets knocked out of the ballgame. And Tennessee showed that Alabama is a different team without Tua. And, and hell, anybody is without their starting quarterback. But um, Tennessee, you know, Phil Farmer is probably sitting back, kind of kicking back life a little bit now saying, see, I told you it's going to be okay. Vanderbilt's going to be at South Carolina. That'll be an interesting ball game. I, I like South Carolina in the game just because I don't know that Vanderbilt can score. Even in games they win, they don't score a whole lot. So we'll see what happens. I know Derek Mason feels like he's under fire if you call after they beat Missouri and made the comments about uh, a lot of people want that job, but I'm built for this and that sort of stuff, and 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 all of that. I'm sure fires up the fan base. But uh, that was a big win for Vanderbilt. I just don't think there's there's at this point uh, it's pretty clear the SEC's not going to hit their ball ties. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to feel bad about anybody else. I just want Mississippi State to get theirs. I don't really care if anybody else goes. We want the bowl money, for sure. But uh, I want, I'm want i a Mississippi State guy first. And as I have shared with you guys many times, I am for Mississippi State and everybody else who is for Mississippi State. We've had a chance to, uh, to meet a lot of those folks over the course of the last week. This time last week, I was uh, – Headed over to Tupelo for Celebration Village for uh, you know the first book signing prior that that was actually prior to the actual release of the book. It seems like the book's been out a month. It was it was released on Monday. A lot of reviews already. Very very happy to hear what people have had to say, and I'm so glad you guys are enjoying the book. Uh, I've absolutely enjoyed putting all these stories together. And listen, I I've, I went back and read it, and there are a couple of couple of dates in there that uh, that I missed, and there's some things that we'll have to change for the second printing, but not the major. The spirit of the book is the same. There's always a couple things, no matter how well you edit it. You think, oh man, how did this happen? It happens. A couple dates in there, you know, some minor things, but um, we'll get that fixed. I, I hate it because I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to that sort of stuff. But uh, it's been so great to hear from people, and I wanted to share a story with you um, because I think it's so incredible. Is I, I had a guy reach out to me. And he got the book, and he said, hey, hey, Steve, I got your book. And uh, he began to share with me that uh, his son read him the book. His son read him the first chapter. And he's like, hey, I'm excited about this chapter and this chapter. And, and as I'm sitting here reading through this, and I, cause I get a lot of messages, and sometimes I don't remember one person from the next. As I'm reading this, I remember that this particular man uh, you know, has some physical restrictions. And he's legally blind. But he wanted the book. So he orders the book, and he has his son read him the book. And I, I got a little emotional thinking about that. I'm thinking, you know, how cool is this that a father and son are sitting there in the evenings, got the TV off and, and the lamp's on, and and the son's sitting there reading him these historical Passages about Mississippi State sports and what a bonding experience that has to be between the two of them. He goes, you know, Steve, I'm eager to hear about the, uh, the time when Ole Miss kidnapped our Bulldog, but, uh, but I'm going to have to wait for him to get home. I wish I could see well enough and I would, I'd read it myself. And I begin to think about all of this, and that's one of the reasons that I mentioned at the top of the show about it. I am so grateful to have been born into a Mississippi State family. I read the comments from time to time. People say, man, why couldn't my dad have gone to Alabama or LSU? Well, I'm glad that Freddie Robertson went to Mississippi State. And uh, I'm very, very grateful for the heritage that we have. We don't have a whole lot, but what we have, we're awfully proud of. And uh, there's so many times that so many of our fans, when things get sideways, and I'm guilty of this too. I just don't always post it publicly. You know, if I had posted in the middle of that A&M game, it would have been similar to some of that. But I have learned to have a little restraint over the years and say, you know what, let's just kind of take a deep breath. Sometimes it's best to observe the 24-hour rule. Sometimes I wish I could do that. I'm sure the people around me at times when things aren't going well probably feel that way. I don't believe in this whole self-fulfilling prophecy that, uh, that Mississippi State has to be a second-tier university in the SEC. I just don't buy into that. I think the commitment from our administration is unprecedented, and I think as a result that's one of the reasons we're beginning to see unprecedented success. We are not where we want to be football-wise. But how would you feel in January if we beat Arkansas – we beat Abilene Christian. We beat Ole Miss, and we keep the egg, and then we go to a ball game, and we win that game, and we have a seven and six year, and you say, you know what? Despite the fact that we had ten players suspended for eight games and despite the fact that our grad transfer quarterback got hurt and wasn't what we hoped he would be, despite the fact that we lose Maurice Smithman for the year, despite the fact that Kim Dantzler misses a couple ball games due to injury this year, and he's our ace, he cuts down half of the field, and despite the fact that we lost three NFL players on defense, despite all of that, we still found a way. The Mississippi State still found a way to keep the egg and to get back to a bowl game and then win that bowl game. How would you feel then? Because you know what? It'd only be one game different than last year. There's just something that changes when we beat Ole Miss, we win the ball game. Then all of a sudden I begin to think, and people are going to say, well, Steve, that did not change the delay of the game penalty against Auburn on the first play of the game. But you know what? That's inexcusable. You're absolutely right. You are 100% correct. And there are some things that this coaching staff is kind of learning on the fly but this month provides us the opportunity to settle things down and ride right the ship and go win some ball games and this weekend is the one this in my mind this is the one that kind of defines what the final stretch is going to look like you win this ball game all of a sudden your players have some hope again your fans have some hope again and you know what i don't know how hopeful we'll be when alabama comes to town I don't know how full the crowd will be for Abilene Christian, and thankfully that's a night game. Of course, we get night football when it's cold rather than when it's hot. Such is life as a Mississippi State fan, right? But I I just feel in my heart, if we find a way to make that egg ball mean more than just bragging rights, we'll find a way to win it. We'll find a way to win it. But it all starts this weekend. So I expect Mississippi State to come out, play well, find a way to win the ballgame this weekend, and then you kind of live to fight another day. Because you lose this weekend, the season's over, for all intents and purposes, right? I mean, because, you know, we're not going to go beat Alabama. And I'm sure John Bond is sitting there saying, you know what, Steve, that's what they told us in 1980, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's go take care of business this week against a bad Arkansas team. It's just the worst team in the conference. And I don't think we can go over there and be tight. I don't think we can go over there and play scared. we got to go out there and play to win the football game. And that's one of the things last weekend, one of the memories of last weekend for me, is when the uh, the halftime reporter in Auburn and an ball game went to interview Gus Malzahn and said, hey, you know, that last pass from Bo Nix, do you think, would you like to have that back? Did you make a mistake there? And Gus said, you know what, we came here to win the football game. They didn't go over there to play it close. They went to win the football game. And I suspect at Mississippi State this weekend, you're going to see Mississippi State call plays to win football game. We're going to go out there and try to win the game. I think everybody in the building understands what's at stake here. There are a lot of people out there that already have their wish list together on Facebook and social media, and they said, hey, well, who would you like to go get? You know, my honest opinion, you know what I would like to see happen? Is I'd like to see Mississippi State have a winning November, keep the egg, win a ball game, and Garrett Schrader become the face of our program, and then we have some momentum going into next year, and then next year we take a step forward. We reverse the trend. Maybe we go win eight or nine ball games next year. The schedule kind of flips for us. They think every game at home is winnable. So we'll see what happens. But that's what I want to happen. I don't really want to go through a coaching change. I know some of those people out there say, well, we, we just want to go. We want to change. We don't think he's the right fit. I think the jury is out. And listen, I, I get it. There are a lot of people out there that said, you know what, Steve, I've seen enough. And maybe you have. But rooting against Mississippi State just to change coaches, you know, that that's kind of the evidence of some of the mistakes we've made in in years past. That's like Alan McKean level nonsense. The fact that we had students. Forget the fact that we had had eight winning seasons in a row. Alan McKean had never had a losing season at Mississippi State. But due to a couple of malcontent fans and that led a revolt and, and, uh, among the boosters and donors and that the, uh, the students began to put a petition to threaten to boycott the games if Alan McKean weren't fired and they left Dirty Noble No Choice. He had never had a losing season. In his final year, he goes 4-4-1, and and we lose to Ole Miss for the second straight year, and that was the impetus that we used to fire him. And you, you can go look in the history books and see how long it took us to win after that. We fired our Bear Bryant, our Johnny Vaught. That's what we did. Because a few people out there were upset. A few people out there said, you know what? Why don't we go run the wing T offense? You know, Coach McKean's done got a little antiquated with his coaching style. His play calling, this the game has passed him by. Now, from, remember, the last SEC championship that we had, Coach McKean was our guy. I'm not comparing Jim Moorhead to Alan McKean by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm saying that whole spirit of discontent is not healthy for Mississippi State. You've got an offensive minded president named Dr. Keenum that played junior college football right here in the great state of Mississippi. He understands how important all of this is. He understands the revenue generated from football pays the freight for most of the athletic department. He understands that our branding and our marketing are very much impacted in a positive way by winning sports programs. John Cohen, our athletic director, former Mississippi State player and coach, gets it as well as anybody. And I love the folks that come out here and say, well, you know, well, well, John wasn't qualified. Okay. How much more qualified can you be from being a guy within the program? You have Skip Bertman was an AD. Ray Tanner is an AD. I don't know if you remember this, but Duty Noble was a coach before he was an AD. You know, and so there's a lot of these things that go on. and a A lot of, lot of people have opinions that are not rooted in fact. Had a discussion just yesterday with somebody about uh, making comments about our about some of our teams and say, "Hey, you know, well, uh, you know, some guy referenced some blog post or something about, you know, well, his hires in in uh, in soccer and, and volleyball aren't paying off." Last night, the women's soccer team went to Columbia, Missouri, and beat Missouri four to two. We're headed to the SEC tournament for the first time in school history. We hadn't played in an SEC postseason game since 2004, but it hasn't been a bona fide tournament until recently. We've never been before. The volleyball team went 5-26 last year. We're 12-10 and right now with matches left to play. And so I say that to say this. A lot of people post these things and they say these things because people don't do their own research and they accept them as fact. We are as healthy as we have ever been when it comes to athletics at Mississippi State. We simply just need to have a winning November to kind of cleanse our power a little bit so we can begin to feel like we're heading the right direction in football. I'm just asking to be a little bit patient here, and let's see it out. We don't have any choice but to go play the games. So once you get behind a team, let's support them and go cheer the Bulldogs on to victory. Folks, That's going to do it for today. It's going to be a busy, busy stretch for me. I'll give you a couple of... For those of you that are interested in such things, Sunday... I will be downtown Starville from 12 to 3 at Bookmart Cafe. On Wednesday of next week, I will be in Louisville, Mississippi at the Rotary Club function uh, over there. If you are in the Louisville Rotary Club, you'll know where to find me. Thursday, November 7th, I will be in Jackson, Mississippi at the Mistletoe Marketplace from 12 to 3. Might even stay longer. Just depends on how things go. Thursdays are fun days for me. Friday, November the 8th, I'll be in Meridian, Mississippi at the Rush Hospital. They have a meeting room off the cafeteria where I've gone and spoken several times. Going to be signing books there, selling books, talking about the book, come by and say hello. And then next Saturday during the off week, I'll also be at Book Martin Cafe from 11 to 3. So over the, for, for starting Sunday, we have got five book signings in seven days. And I'll keep you guys updated. For those of you in my hometown of Columbia, Mississippi, I'll be there Tuesday, November 12th. Second Street Bean for a lunch signing, and then a book reading and signing at the Marion County Library that evening. The next day, I'll be at Lemuria Books at 5. I won't give you the whole schedule, but that's kind of where we are. That's the next several dates. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys out there and talking some football. My hope is next Monday we're talking about a big Mississippi State win, and we're talking about the fact that we are still have the possibility of becoming bowl eligible and uh, salvaging something out of what has been a very frustrating season. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator